Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Thursday evening. Pray you had a wonderful day. It's good to be back together once again. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you watch me tonight throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, from a fascist border up north and no border down south, thank you for tuning in. Friends and other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So I pray you had a good day today as we're winding down, uh, I guess, technically, this is what, New Year's week? And we get through the weekend and uh, we start grinding them out next Monday. Back to most people will be back to normal next Monday, right? But uh, it's good to be uh, good to be with you. We got a big program tonight. Lots of really important content. First of four things I should do for me each night in the program. Number one, pray for me and the program. I appreciate your prayers more than you know. Second. Encourage people, you know, to sign up for the free Live Prayer Daily Devotional. We've uh, written it every morning for nearly 25 years now. All they have to do to get it is go to my website, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link, a couple pieces of basic information, and they'll start getting it in their email. Third, of course, is the TV program. I appreciate you sharing the program with others. And again, We've made it as easy as possible. Not only is it on pretty much every major platform other than YouTube, but it's uh, live on many of them for people that want to watch us live. And uh, we also have it now on a podcast. If you go to Spotify or Apple iTunes, search for uh, Live Prayer TV, and uh, it'll pop up. And you get uh, we've got the audio ripped each night into a podcast. So. Try to make it as easy as possible. Last, of course, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please pray about helping us with a gift. Uh, if you go to my website, you'll notice there's no advertising. I don't sell books. Don't sell trinkets. We don't do cruises or tours, no conferences. We're a ministry. We are. We hit it online 24-7, and uh, we walk by faith. 30 years now, uh, I've been in the ministry, going on 25 years online. And uh, coming up in March, it'll be 21 years on TV. So uh, we're uh, we're thankful for the Lord's blessings all these many years. As uh, I believe in my heart of hearts, he has put us here for this very moment in human history. As uh, this country is going to go through one of the most critical years of our history. Um, short of maybe one of the years, the, the, probably the first year of the Civil War. But uh, this year is going to rank right up with it. I mean, let, let, let me just be blunt. And for people watching the program, you know what the stakes are. This country is either going to go the way of the globalists, 
or we are going to retain our country and retain our uh, all of the things that make this country great, our traditions, uh, all of the things that we've grown to love about this country, the freedoms. That's what's at stake this year, folks. And uh, it is a war. As we, as we know from uh, the book of Ephesians, we fight not what against flesh and blood, but while we are battling in the flesh down here, there's wars going on in the heavenlies that are going to be scenes that I'm sure none of us probably would want to see. <laughs> there's going to be some massive spiritual battles going on throughout this year. So we are fortunate to be here, and I'm glad that you have uh, joined me on this journey, because this is going to be quite a year. All right, let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. We're grateful for this uh, time together once again. I thank you for my friends. I pray for them and their families. I pray, God, that uh, whatever needs they have tonight, you will meet those needs for your glory. Thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. We're so grateful, Lord, that throughout this day, we've received blessings that we often take for granted. Let us never... Uh, take your blessings for granted. And lastly, Lord, I ask tonight that you really open our hearts so we can hear from you and help us to understand the things we need to know. And we thank you for all of this in the name of Jesus. So, as we begin tonight, I've got a bunch of places I want to go. You know what? Let me start with this uh, shooting in Iowa today. By the way, I don't know what follow-up Fox may do on it, but if you expect to see any of this, any of the aftermath of this Iowa shooting in the corporate media, forget it. It's not going to happen. You want to know why? Here's why. Once again, another shooting by a mentally ill young man, confused about what gender he is, his words, not mine. And a devoted LGBTQXYZ123 activist. Okay? Are you starting to see a pattern here? I mean, you aren't going to see... Normally, the media jumps on these stories because they want to use it to try to push their gun-grab agenda, right? They can't push this story because they're going to have to... Admit who this guy was. Look at all of these shootings that we've had. I mean, they are either mentally ill, people don't know what gender they are, or they're people that are uh, totally sold out to the sexual perversion industry. And because it doesn't fit the narrative, you're not going to hear anything more about it. It, it, it will disappear. I will be shocked if any of the ma major networks carry anything about this tomorrow because we now know who the shooter is. And you know what they do? Let, let, let me tell you what they did. His name became public. At least it was being reported uh, a couple hours after the event. And Law enforcement, had to be law enforcement, immediately went to the social media companies to strip all of his social media accounts. 
Wipe them clean. Now, fortunately, there's a lot of good internet sleuths out there. And as they say, the internet is forever. And a lot of these uh, internet sleuths were grabbing screenshots before the law enforcement uh, agencies had a chance to scrub all the social media. Now, why would they want to scrub the social media? Exactly. You know why? The same reason that you will never see that manifesto out of the Nashville killer. And I told you that. I think the next day when we found out there was a manifesto. There was no way they were going to... Now, if you remember, uh, I think three pages were leaked. And I have not been able to get an update on the five... They, they took five officers and basically suspended them. Apparently, these were the people that were responsible for the leak. But um, they do not... You got to understand, they are pushing this narrative of sexual deviancy being normal. So anything that goes against that narrative, they have got to come against. Uh, one dead, five injured, and uh, this coward at the end, at the end shot himself and killed himself. But uh, now, if this had been. A young white man. He, he was a young white man. But if he'd been a young white man with a MAGA hat, oh, you'd, be, you'd be hearing about this for the next two weeks every day. They would have they would have film, they would have their TV crews out in that, that small Iowa town, I think eight thousand people. That town would be devoured by the media. They couldn't get enough of it. And of course, they would use this not only to push their narrative that Trump uh, supporters are violent extremists. But of course, they would also then use this to push their gun grab agenda. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, let me talk, uh, before, before I get into some of the, some of the more uh, heavy things, not that this isn't heavy. This is something I've been meaning to hit real uh, for a couple of weeks now. I haven't had a chance to get in. I want to get in now. And that's the fact that we have an epidemic in this country of young men who are basically becoming addicted, if they're not already addicted, to gambling. Um, now, I started warning people about this, what, six years ago? When they first started to legalize gambling in the United States? Listen, if you wanted to gamble, you had a couple options. Go to Las Vegas, um, use an illegal bookmaker, or use one of the offshore uh, sports sports uh, betting parlors. But now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, out of 50 states, I think 38 to 40, somewhere in that neighborhood, 38 to 40, have legalized gambling, sports gambling now. And you've also got now this, this whole phenomenon that's grown up in the last 10 years of fantasy football. And this is where you kind of make a team. You can, you can take players, you know, in other words, you can take players from different teams and you make your own team. And then depending how the players perform, you get points and you win money if they do good. Okay. The, uh, 
the reports I, were, I was reading over the about a week ago is there is a true Gamblers Anonymous, which is, of course, the gambling um, uh, answer to Alcoholics Anonymous, okay? Um, they are talking about spikes, seven, eight hundred percent spikes in the number of uh, people that they're dealing with that are coming to them with a real gambling problem. And because it's football, primarily, this is what's really been driving it. It's mostly young men, as young as 13, 14, into the mid-20s. That's kind of the uh, age rate. So they don't go out on dates anymore. They, uh, they're online all the time. And now they're getting addicted to gambling. And probably a lot of them are smoking pot, too. <laughs> Unbelievable. By the way, let me give you some names of people that uh, have been very instrumental in pushing gambling throughout the country. By the way, if you watch this program, you've heard me say this before. I mean, all the things that we, that this country used to lock up mobsters for, right? Extortion, gambling, prostitution, drugs. I mean, they become mainstream now. State, every state has a lottery. Okay? Uh, you can call the excessive taxation in a lot of these states extortion. I think that's a very legitimate uh, analogy. The uh, drugs are becoming legalized in many of these states now. The only thing left is really prostitution. And a lot of these states have pretty much decriminalized it. In other words, they don't even arrest people for it anymore. It's just a matter of them setting up their own operations like they have gambling and drugs and everything else so they can make money off it. I just find it interesting in the span of about 40-some 40, 40 years, everything we used to lock people up for, and rightly so, that these illegal uh, crimes, they're now totally legal and they're being run by the states. I mean, that 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 is a... Let me just say this. That is a, another black eye for the church. Because i got to be honest with you. I remember in the early 90s when Illinois first got the, was trying to put the lottery in. I have to admit, there was a, 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 not a lot, but there was a good church effort to come against it. But really since then, let me ask you a question. When's the last time your pastor preached on gambling or drugs or prostitution? Um, the church has just sat back and let these this cultural rot exist. Let me give you some names, though, of some people that you will recognize who are very responsible for this. When he left being the Speaker of the House, John Boehner, he became a lobbyist for the marijuana industry. And he made millions of dollars lobbying states to legalize pot. Well, he also has been very instrumental as a lobbyist 
to get gambling in the States. Harry Reid, before he died, he played a big role in pushing gambling into a lot of these states. Then you have another name that you will recognize, the name of Valerie Biden. Oh yeah, sister of Joe Biden, who's run every one of his campaigns since he started 50 some years ago. She's been a big gambling proponent, played a role in pushing gambling. This name I was a little disappointed in, Rick Perry, the former Texas governor. Uh, he's played a big role in pushing gambling. And really the father of legalized gambling in this country, the one who was the first one to get his state to legalize sports gambling. You ready for this name? Yeah. Chris Krispy Kreme Christie. Yep. Yep. This good Catholic boy, as governor of New Jersey, was really, he was the, he was the, he was the trendsetter. He was the forerunner of getting gambling legalized in this country. So, you know, all these families are now dealing with uh, family members that are ruining their lives because they're addicted to gambling. You know, you can say a thank you to Chris Christie because he was used by Satan to play a huge role in bringing gambling to the country. By the way, the uh, in less than a week, you've got elections in Taiwan. You've got one candidate who's pro-China and one candidate who is a nationalist or doesn't want anything to do with China. And right now, the way things look, the nationalist candidate looks like He's going to be elected president. But the problem is it looks like the legislature is going to be, uh, the majority of the legislature are going to be uh, the pro-China party. So we will keep an eye on those elections because uh, that isn't good. All right. The view. And I got to be honest, with you, every time I get my notes together and I'm, I, I, I want to hit myself in the head, you know, I mean, these stupid cows, but the fact is you've got millions of people watch them. And at the end of the day, um, they say some things that you can glean how those people that you know, hate this country thing. And they do, they hate this country. Well, they said the quiet part out loud today. They were commiserating about the fact that voters shouldn't be able to choose the president. Now, I'm sure that that went over most people's heads, but let me make sure you understand something. That is exactly how the globalists think and as you know, we don't have Democrats and Republicans anymore. You're either a globalist or you're a nationalist. And those who side with the globalist position, they, they actually believe that the voters should not be able to choose the president. In other words, they want it to be 
a rubber stamp like it is in California, like it is in Illinois, like it is in New York, you know, like it is in uh, uh, some other states. And but as I've told you, if God allows the globalists to retain power this November, this will become a one party, if you want to use that old term, uh, country for several generations to come because they will consolidate power. They will stack the Supreme Court. They will give statehood to D.C. and Puerto Rico. That gives them four more Democratic senators uh, so they will control the Senate. They will change voting laws so that they can cheat and they will have super majorities in the House and the Senate and that will give them the ability to do whatever they want. Whatever they want. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. It's like the border right now. We're going to get in that in just a second. It's going to be just like the border. You watch that every day, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Like I told you last night, Abbott in Texas, he's actually, uh, they actually passed a bill in the Texas legislature so they can uh, arrest and deport illegals. The Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against them, saying you can't do that. States don't have the right to uh, uh, oversee the immigration policy of the country. That's a federal uh, role. And like I told you, I hate to say it, they're going to win the lawsuit. They've got a precedent. Years ago, Arizona had a governor named Jan Brewer. It was during the Obama years. And Obama wasn't, you know, taking care of the border. And she said, the heck with it. So she set up a bunch of things in Arizona to basically stop the illegal immigration. Eric Holder's Department of Justice sued the pants off of them. And the, and the federal courts said, hey, immigration is a federal operation, not a state operation. So... But, but the point I'm making is we get into a situation where it's, in essence, a one-party dominated country. They'll be able to do whatever they want. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, if they want to take away the gas stoves, nobody's going to be able to stop them. If they want to take away your cars, nobody's going to stop them. And then you got Neocon Mickey. Uh, some reports surfaced that before she was even, even before she was the governor of South Carolina, she was in some kind of a state position. She was an invited guest several times to speak at, wait for it, the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwabies. I mean, Nikki is a globalist to the max. And, uh, she has got a just a, a bank full of big donors that they, they, they still see her as a possible as one possible way to stop Trump. Now, if everything goes according to the way things are playing out, Trump's gonna you know win Iowa easy. He'll win Arizona or New Hampshire. He will win South Carolina, and he would he would then go into Super Tuesday 
probably being able to sew the nomination up. But they're still pouring millions of dollars into Nikki Haley, hoping she's the one that can stop him. So just giving you that. But but she is a she's a schwabby. Not that that should really surprise anybody. All right, let me talk to you about. Let's see, where do I want to go here? Let me just get this Epstein stuff out. I'm so tired. And again, if you if, if if you're not up to speed on Epstein, watch last night's program because I dealt with the last night. This is not hard. He the, the the reason he had all this money and nobody could ever tell where it came from because it was coming from these from at least one, almost certainly two or more uh, government intel agency. He was a guaranteed CIA asset, and almost a thousand percent guaranteed a Mossad asset. And he had one job, to lure rich, um, powerful men from all over the world into these uh, honey traps with uh, young girls. And in some cases, I've heard young boys. I've not been able to verify that, but it would make sense because at that point. But one family that was that's been heavily involved in not only Epstein, but they're just ba a bad family. And for all my friends in Illinois, you probably know this better than I do. It's the Pritzker family. The Pritzker family, they are the heirs to the Hyatt Hotel uh, chain. Okay. Now, there are 11 Pritzkers, 11, that are billionaires as a result of that family business. Okay. 11 of them. As you know, JB is the governor of Illinois. Then this one's interesting. There was a James Pritzker. Only James, as an adult, became so mentally confused, he figured out he wasn't James, he was going to be Jennifer. And a little factoid for you, Jennifer, James Jennifer Pritzker, is the first trans billionaire. Just to show, folks, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how much money you have. And then there's an interesting Pritzker by the name of Penny Pritzker. Penny Pritzker, probably more than anyone, is responsible for one Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Sotero. Penny Pritzker was... Obama's angel donor when he first got into politics in Chicago. And she continued to stand by his side, fund not only his Illinois Senate uh, campaigns, but then she, of course, funded his campaign for U.S. Senator and, of course, funded his campaigns to be president. She was repaid uh, 
I, I didn't go and write down all the different things, but Obama pointed her to you know a, several ambassadorships, things like that. Well, it turns out Penny Pritzker is the chair of the board at Harvard University. <laughs> yep, Harvard University. She was the chair of the board that put that uh, woman gay who doesn't can't take a stand on anti-Semitism, Sarah Plagiarist, clearly had no business being in such a lofty position. Penny Pritzker uh, was the chair that uh, put her in power. And then you have another another Pritzker. This one is the chairman of the Hyatt Hotel chain. His name is Thomas. And as we found out from the Epstein documents that were unsealed by the court yesterday, Thomas Pritzker had a friendly relationship with Jeffrey Epstein on the plane, on the island, and based on the documents yesterday, was involved with young girls. Quite a family, huh? Quite a family. Quite a family. All right, let me uh, see what I'm going to do here. Let me uh, let me hit the border. You know, you got you got this. I mean, you got this Kareem Jean Pierre. You got Mayorkas. And then, of course, you got Biden. They must, I mean, they really think people are stupid. Listen, they are all, they all blame that the Republicans in the House won't negotiate. Okay. This is not, this problem is not because the Republicans in the House. Matter of fact, if you want to talk about a comprehensive immigration plan, They've been trying to do that for the last 35 years. And they've, they've never been able to come to any kind of a meeting of the minds politically to do that. Well, guess what? Donald Trump didn't sit back and whine about Congress. He took action. He cut deals with Mexico to make to keep Mexico from letting the people in. He... Uh, uh, Ended catch and release. I mean, Trump put together through executive action about five policies that had that border shut down the day he left office as tight as it was in the last 40 years. Joe Biden on day one. Remember that big stack of uh, executive orders they uh, had him sign? He didn't know what he was signing. He doesn't know what day it is. Well, a bunch of those were overturning Trump's border policies and basically just opening the border wide open. So this whole argument that, well, Congress Congress has to act, blah, blah, that's a red herring. Trump did it without Congress. And when Mayorka sits there and he, he blames on climate change, uh, let me tell you something. If there's a guy that needs to be in jail, it, it's Mayorka. He is one nasty human being. And of course, Biden, whatever. But what they never, what they don't talk about, they don't talk about the sex trafficking. 
They don't talk. They just talk about the numbers poured in. They don't talk about the sex trafficking of children. You know, there's over 100,000 children that they have no idea what happened to them. Disappeared. And the eight, eight million or so that are here, they have no way of contacting them. None. Of course, then there's the absolute mountains of drugs poured in the country. And at the end of the day, it's not about money. You hear Biden saying, well, they need to give me some more money. He only wants more money to hire more uh, border people to get him in there faster. They don't need money. They need policy change. And that's what they won't do. Now, I'm telling you, as I sit here tonight, we're coming up on the, uh, you know, I think the 19th of January, when the government runs out of money. There is no way that the Republicans should even consider funding the government unless they put back in place and actually start executing all of the Trump immigration policies. That's it. There's nothing to argue about. There's nothing to negotiate. That's, we want the border shut down. This is a national security nightmare. Only time will tell the damage that's going to be done to this country. I mean, how many, how many spies do you think are in this country from other countries? And they walked right in. They didn't fly into JFK under assumed names and with fake passports on. They just walked across the border. This is not about money. This is about policy. And that's what the Democrats won't, they won't do. They won't, they, they won't negotiate. And that's fine. So shut the government down. Because I'll tell you what happens. If the government shuts down, all that money going to these NGOs, that's another thing. These NGOs, Catholic charities, Lutheran charities being two of the biggest. I mean, these are the people that are the, the these are the these are the people on the ground that are getting tens of millions, hundreds of millions in some cases, of government money our taxpayer money to transport these people all over the country, house them, feed them, educate their kids, health care, clothe them. All that money goes away if the government shuts down. And just let me reiterate, if the government shuts down, Social Security still gets paid, Medicare still gets paid, the military still gets paid, okay? Because they always try to scare people. And the Republicans, again, since, you know, in the 50-some years I've been following politics, the government's probably shut down four or five times. And it's usually been the Republicans that have shut it down. And they always are warned. If you do that, the voters are going to turn on you. That's never happened. It really hasn't. It hasn't affected it at all. But you got a bunch of gutless wonders in the Republican Party. See, the people in the Democratic Party with the globalist viewpoint, they're all on the same page. That's why Nancy Pelosi, she didn't have a big, uh, a big majority when she was Speaker of the House. But she had every one of her people in lockstep, and they never wavered. The problem is Republicans, they've got about... 20% that are true nationalists, America 
first MAGA type people. And the other 80 are just, they're squishes. And most of them are being bought out. I mean, the, uh, Republicans want those boards open as much as anybody else for the most part because they're getting paid by, you know, big business and big business likes the cheap labor. And So we've got, uh, we've got that whole issue that is really... And then you've got, you know, this Mayor Adams in New York, the Chicago mayor, the Denver mayor, all sanctuary cities, by the way, crying their eyes out about all these illegals coming in. Well, these are major cities with resources, and they've got a fraction of what these small towns in Texas have and stuff, right? But you know what? They they want to blame Governor Abbott in Texas. They want to blame him for busing illegals into their cities and states and all that, right? They need to be blaming Joe Biden. The reason that they've got a problem is because of Joe Biden's open border policies. And that's who they need to be going after. But if you notice, they never say a word about Joe, even though Joe's the problem. All right. I got some January 6th stuff because we're coming up on the end. I, I got to tell you something. The media is giddy. You, We just celebrated Christmas, and a week later we just celebrated New Year's. You would think this Saturday is Christmas, New Year's, the 4th of July. Uh, every holiday you can name all rolled into one. It's the third anniversary of January 6th. Don't forget January 6th. It is the most critical narrative the, they have ever put out there. That narrative, at least in their mind, uh, legitimizes Biden as president. It legitimizes them to call Trump a monster and try to take him out. And it legitimizes them literally going after half of the country as domestic terrorists. Okay? All rolled into one. All rolled into one. And don't forget the don't forget the lie of lies. The lie of lies is that Trump incited January sixth to stop the counting of the electors. Again, if you've heard this before, good. Hear it again. Could you need to educate the people you know? It's just the opposite. Trump wanted those electors counted more than anybody. Because thanks to the electoral count of 1887, if you have a congressman and a senator that challenge a state's electors, you then get two hours to present your evidence in front of the joint session and those electors then go back to the state for a 10-day review. They had six states that they had the people to, to uh, challenge, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada, six states. And they had a congressman and a senator for each one. And that was going to give them 12 hours of national TV time to put the evidence. Because, again, the other lies, well, Trump's been before 62 courts, and they all, they all uh, dismissed his claims. That is a lie. Technically true, 
But it's a lie when you understand that none of those courts ever heard, ever heard the merits of what of what the claims were. They all got shot down on procedural grounds, okay? But it was the Republicans that wanted that those votes counted because they were gonna they were gonna get twelve hours in front of a national audience to show the receipts for each one of these states and how they were how they were stolen. Well, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. And Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, they knew this was coming, so they had to stop it. They couldn't let the count go on. And thus, you then bring in all of what happened on the first. Everything was set up. They had those fake pipe bombs across the street. That was initially, and, and the count started one at 101. They started to evacuate the, the Capitol building because of the fake pipe bombs, not because the Capitol was being invaded. It was the fake pipe bombs, and they still haven't found, found the pipe bomb. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that amazing how they can find a needle in a haystack that can't find somebody that they've got video on and everything else on? They can't, well, they can't find the pipe bomber. You find the pipe bomber, and all of January 6th blows to smithereens. And just to be blunt with you, just like they had to kill Seth Rich, I would be shocked if the pipe bomber is even alive today. Just being honest. Because they cannot afford this narrative. But the good news is, over three years, and a lot of work by a lot of people, and pain by thousands of people, ruined lives of a thousand families. Uh, but the truth about January 6th is, is coming out. It's coming out. And uh, between the FBI, these federal judges, I mean, these people, I mean, they can move, they can move to Russia, North Korea, or China today. And they, I mean, they would be right at home. Right at home. And don't forget another big January 6th lie. Officer Brian Sicknick. He was uh, beat over the head with a fire extinguisher. And they killed him. Remember that? That's not what happened. He had a stroke the day after January 6th. Died of natural causes. That's not Bill Keller saying that. That's the medical examiner in D.C. Okay? And his fiance actually was suing Trump for... Uh, wrongful death or something. His, supposedly his part in his death. Well, that case got tossed. But you always hear about, you know, the, 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 the they always say the officers died. No, they didn't. No officers died. You know who died? Ashley Babbitt died. Roseanne Boylan was beaten to death. She died. And two men, older men, who were hit with those uh, flashbangs and stun grenades, Two men died of a heart attack on the Capitol steps. Four people died. All Trump supporters. No cops died. And all the injuries complained by Fanon and that big black officer who sat there and cried. They called me the N-word. Yeah, well, let's see your body cam footage, buddy. Notice how they never... And Fanon wasn't injured. There's video of him now slapping people in the back and running around. After the whole thing was over, the whole thing was a big setup. And then you got this clown Ray Epps. He's kind of been a, a loose end. Well, they well they just decided to uh, sentence him to six months for his role. 
Now, based on what he, we know he did and the way they sentenced other people, Ray Epps should actually be getting a prison sentence in the 10 to 12 year range. But he was part of the Epps. Now, they, they, they're they very careful how they parse their words. Well, he was not an FBI asset. Well, you know what? There's military intelligence. There's various intelligence units in the government. And he might not have been federal or FBI. Could have been a, a dozen others, though. And a confidential human source is not referred to as an asset. There's a lot of there's a lot of games they play with verbiage. Do you see how dirty this government is? Look at what they did to pull off January 6th. Look at what they look at what they did to Trump for four, three years with the whole Russia scam, which has been blown to smithereens. But you know what? By the time it got blown to smithereens, they already accomplished what they wanted. And three, four years from now, when the whole January 6th is blown out of the water, it won't matter anymore. They will have already accomplished what they wanted. And then you've got this whole uh, nasty, dark, uh, sick Jeffrey Epstein situation, which is our government again. If it wasn't for our government, there would be no war in Ukraine and Russia right now. That was a total U.S. operation between our State Department, Victoria Newland, and our CIA. You know, if you're old enough to remember, I'm 65, so just to give you a, a point of reference. I remember, I'm trying to think, this would have been probably before the 70s. This probably be, this probably be late 60s. There was a program on TV called the FBI. And it starred Ephraim Zimblis Jr. I mean, that name, I'll never forget that name till the day. Ephraim Zimblis Jr. And man, these were the good guys, man. They were busting up the bad guys. They caught the bad guys. By the way, Ray Epps, the reason, I mean, his attorney wants all of the uh, plea agreements sealed from the public. Do you know why that is? Because in the pleadings and in the and in the sentencing memorandums, I guarantee you, it will it has to show who he was really, what part of the government he was working for. And the reason he's getting such a light sentence is they said he cooperated, not not as, not as a government asset, but on his own equal. It is so much garbage. But you, you see, they're trying to trying to tie down all their loose ends. And by the way, some people are wondering, well, you know, if Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein was this big asset for the CIA and the Mossad, why'd they arrest him? I'll tell you why they arrested him. Back in early 2000, he got caught up in what he was doing down in Palm Beach. And they brought a case against him for for uh, uh, trafficking girls and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, at the time, the U.S. attorney, a guy named Acosta, who was actually in one of the cabinet, in one of the uh, departments during the Trump administration, he was the U.S. attorney for uh, Southern District of Florida. 
he was told uh, this case is above your pay grade. Just sign off on the paperwork. And they basically gave Epstein just a sweetheart deal. But here's what happened. A couple investigative reporters a few years later got curious why he got such an easy deal. And they started demanding documents from the courts and stuff. And at some point, they couldn't hold off these FOIA requests any longer. And I think it was about four days before they had to turn over these documents, this investigative reporter, that's when they arrested Epstein. In other words, it was now getting, it was getting too hot, too many eyeballs on this thing. You know, they're starting to put two and two together. We got to make this whole thing go away. So they arrested Epstein, threw him in the uh, Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York, and killed him. Anybody who thinks he hung himself, God bless you, man. You have faith far greater than I will ever have. So, and then and and then you've got Jack Smith. He Jack Smith. Now get get a load of this one. Jack Smith. Let me let me find this. Jack Smith. He wants to prohibit Trump from basically being able to put on a defense. He he want, he want, he wants the court. He's already you know motioning the court. He wants the court to ban Trump from introducing the January sixth security failure. Now he's being Trump is being charged with you know January sixth crimes. Jack Smith says Trump isn't going to be allowed to introduce January 6th security failures. Okay? He's not going to be able to uh, go into the whole issue of government assets, how many government assets were in and out of the Capitol. In other words, Jack Smith wants all these things to be uh, banned from Trump's defense. No, he wants to basically strip him of his defense. And this Chuckin, I will almost guarantee, as I say to her tonight, she, she's going to agree to this. And that's what they've done with all these other January 6th cases. That's what they did in Michigan with that Whitmer fednapping case. That, that other, there's another FBI operation. When they got in the court, the judge basically tied the hands of the lawyer behind their back as to what they could introduce before the jury. I mean, this, I mean, this stuff is unbelievable because the type of information they don't want Trump bringing out, that's the type of... Remember when I told you that these things are going to boomerang on the government because Trump's going to be able to put on defense and he's going to be able to go into the hole. He'll, he'll put Pelosi on the witness stand. Why would you not accept those 10,000 troops I, I wanted to give you? That kind of stuff. They want to prevent him from being able to do that. And I'm telling you right now, this Chutkin, this is what these, these corrupt D.C. judges have been doing in these other January 6th cases when, they, when a few of them had a good lawyer that wanted to put on a defense, they were precluded. That's not relevant. Jury doesn't need to hear that. Hurry up. No, no, we're not going to let you talk about that. Basically, they tied their hands behind their back. 
They were already fighting an uphill battle. And then Jack Smith, today in a court filing, listen to what he said. This is in a filing. He says, Trump will use the State of the Union, in other words, if he's elected, he'll use the State of the Union to incite his supporters to kill opposing lawmakers. He's basically just flat out saying that Trump will incite his supporters to kill opposing lawmakers. Now, can I tell you what this is all about? This is not only to try to prejudice the jury pool and create this insane narrative as they go into trial, but this is the kind of this is the kind of rhetoric that that I guarantee you. And these are sick people. You got to understand; these are evil, sick people. They're banking on that rhetoric, juicing up some of their some of the people that hate Trump to go after him. Joe Biden's going to be in uh, Valley Fortunar. Thinks he's uh, George Washington, and he's going to give another one of his uh, the mag extremists the greatest threat to our nation. Trump is oh, he, he he is literally he is literally going to call Trump Hitler tomorrow in his speech. Now. If you're a, a, a good American and you think Hitler's out there and he might become president and run the country, I mean that kind of that kind of gives people you know open door to do whatever they have to. You can't let Hitler run the country, can you? You see how dangerous this stuff is. And then they're out there targeting anybody with the platform, Terry Lake. She's being sued because she's challenging the election for uh, uh, governor of uh, Arizona back in 22. She's being sued because uh, they're saying now that they, the, the election officials say she slandered them. And the bottom line is they're targeting anybody that's got a platform. They've already gone after Bannon. They're, they're destroying Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. It's disgusting what they're doing to that man. They're trying to take down uh, Mike Lindell, Mr. Pillow. Um, others with big platforms like uh, Charlie Kirk and people like the, Dan Bongino. I'm just telling you, they and they are going to go up. They want to. They are going to silence everybody they can shut people down as much as they can before this election in November. They are not playing games, folks. This is, I mean, this is, I mean, Jack Smith literally filed in federal court saying that if Trump gets elected, he will use a state of the union to incite his followers to kill opposing lawmakers. I mean, that is, that is insane. I mean, Irresponsible isn't even, isn't even a word remotely harsh enough. This is listen, and for those who've been with me for a while, I've said this before. I'm going to be saying it again. The fact that nobody was held accountable for what they did to Trump with the fake Russia hoax. We've got John Brennan's handwritten notes in a meeting with Obama, Susan Rice, uh, Comer, Comey, Joe Biden. 
They were all in a meeting in the in in the Oval Office in June of sixteen, and in that meeting, Brennan basically stated it: the whole Russia thing was a campaign that was driven from the Clinton campaign to take the heat off of her for her emails, which she should be in prison for the rest of her life for. And her sick husband, based on what, you know, what little we know, just what little we know, should be in prison right next to her for his sick activities with these girls. Hell will be very heavily populated in the coming years. All right, before we get out of here tonight, if you've uh, never made a decision for Jesus, and the only way anybody, do you know that Jesus or that God never sends anybody to hell? As each man takes his last breath and stands before God, not one person has God ever cast into hell. Hell was not created for man; it was created for Satan and the fallen angels that followed him out of out of heaven. The only way you get to heaven, or the only way you get to hell, is you choose to go to hell. It's your choice. By rejecting Christ, you die in your sin and you end up in hell. If you're watching me tonight, you've never made a decision for Jesus. And you want to know tonight when you lay your head on your pillow, you will be with your the, the God who created you and loves you forever and ever and ever. Pray with me now. Dear Lord, I come to you tonight asking your forgiveness. Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord my Savior, and tonight I surrender my life to you. Now and forevermore, my life is yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I pray if you prayed in a minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. I have a book I'll send you, won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you. If you need prayer for anything, do not hesitate to email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. All right, good program. Boy, this is a this is a good one tonight. Chalk full of good information share it with others and uh, in the meantime love and care about you so much have a great night a good day tomorrow lord willing see you back here tomorrow night 11 o'clock what problems are you dealing with in your life right now do you feel